So greetings, everyone. Uh, it's hard for me to talk without laughing because uh, when we speak of the Muslim students on campus, they only have two uh, concerns in mind. One is med school and the other one is marriage. <laughs> proof of that is that all these students who never show up for any of my events happen to be lined up against the wall right here. <laughs> and then that even reminds me that uh, outside of work, I often have to work with, with DHS, Homeland Security, and the feds and counterterrorism stuff. And then they'll ask me questions like, tell us about the 72 virgins. And I'll say, oh, you mean the MSA? <laughs> you guys know this is not a matrimonial event, right? Yeah. Okay. In any case, to, to being serious, yeah, they're going to kill me. So, so first and foremost, in addressing this topic, speaking about first, uh, I'm going to address what are the nuggets at the core of the topic of, of, of marriage, uh, of dating, and such? And the first part of that is the conception in, in Islamic tradition of what is a human being. And there's two common terms. One is bashar, one is insan. You don't need to remember the terms, but remember the concept. One is that a human being, by definition, is good news. Okay. The other one, which is especially more relevant to us, is that the human being, by nature, needs intimacy. The word insan is one who needs intimacy. Now add to that the fact that each of us has a soul, meaning each and every one of us has a part of us that is not of this world. Part of us is of this world, part of us is not of this world, so there will always be an emptiness, and now put the need for intimacy together with this empty emptiness, and that will create longing. Good. So each and every one of us has this need for intimacy with someone else, whether we speak of intellectual intimacy, emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, both in terms of, of physical relationships or just physical space. This is part of your design. Now, how do these questions often get addressed? And I mean, in terms of the majority opinion, we probably use the term normative there, as opposed to right or wrong, majority opinion. One aspect is the spirituality, which is the realm of the heart. The other aspect is behavior, which is the realm of Islamic law. So in the realm of the heart, we're saying that you need intimacy, you need longing, and it is a healthy thing. But law comes in to make sure you remain within boundaries to make sure that longing is fulfilled in a healthy way. Okay. So that's, that's the starting point. Now, the ultimate fulfillment of that is in what we call marriage. Now, marriage in itself, in terms of the spirituality of it, a few particular goals. In Arabic, you know, for, for those who are familiar with this, لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا مُوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Now, what are we saying here? That the primary functions of marriage, number one, is for a husband and wife to find tranquility with each other that he has to figure out how to give her tranquility on her terms, she has to figure out how to give tranquility on his terms. Tranquility, mutual tranquility. Mawadda, mutual selfless love. Now love often begins with that seed that many of us have experienced in this room where your heart is racing, where you're longing to be in the company of, of your beloved, and then it translates more and more into service. Service and devotion. And then that in itself gives you joy. Mutual selfless love. And the third one, rahma, which is something that, you know, those of you who've heard my talks, I've mentioned over and over again, this idea of giving ease to each other. And so those are the primary functions of marriage in our primary sources, not procreation, not social status, not economy, but all of those are absolutely part of it when, when, the, when the rubber hits the road. Now, how then do you get into the actual process of marriage? Remove the term dating, because when, when you think of dating, you think of one thing. My generation thinks of dating, we think of another. And like you, I never dated, but that was more because I was a big nerd, so it didn't really, really apply to me. <laughs> but I'm also coming from a culture that tends to be more on the conservative side anyway. So the term you hear more within our culture is courtship. 
right? But what are the basic principles here? That you have this innate longing that you should seek to fulfill in appropriate ways, but when you look across Muslim cultures, usually the default becomes something related to what we see in those particular cultures with slight modifications. So when he talked about Hindu marriages, what I heard was half of the Muslim South Asian marriages that I've attended, right? Uh, or if we look at Arab weddings, the uh, Arab Muslim weddings look very much like Arab Christian weddings. Okay? But what are some aspects that are different in the process of coming together? Generally speaking, what we find is majority Islamic opinion is that it tends to be conservative. Okay? And what that means is essentially that the man and woman keep distance in some form. And it could be that they're never alone together. Okay? And we're speaking here about ideals. Or it could be that if they are alone, they're very, very uh, controlled in terms of their interaction. Okay? Or it may be, in some cases, they might not even see each other until the time of the marriage. It really depends on the culture, and it even depends upon the family uh, within, within those particular cultures. But the default way to think about it is, is that usually uh, the Islamic rulings tend to uh, err on the side of conservative behavior. So with that, I'm just going to share one story uh, that just entertains me, but it's, it's a nice story that is often shared in the context of marriage. Uh, speaking of cultures where the, uh, the husband and wife don't see each other until the marriage. This is taking place in a village, also in the subcontinent. I wouldn't be surprised if it's told by, by Hindus and Sikhs and such. But uh, one family, their son is marrying the daughter of another family, and a big procession from the, the son's village is heading to the daughter's village for, for this marriage. And just as about to, they're about to perform the marriage, the son says, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm modern. I don't want to marry her until I see her. And everyone's getting shocked. That's not how we do things. That's just, you know, what do you, what do you want? He says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to marry her until I see her. So then they make small arrangements for him to go see her. And he's, he has a big grin on his face. He says, yeah, I will marry her. And then she says, now that I've seen him, I don't want to marry him. Okay, with that, thank you very much for your time. And peace be upon you all. Our next speaker is Sarah uh, Abdelhadi. She is a junior here at Loyola, 